You're listening to On the Record Online with Eric Schwartzman, where reporters and journalists go on the record about how they use the Internet to cover the news. For the latest trends, tips, and tactics on how the web shapes popular opinion, subscribe to our RSS news feed or visit us online at www.ipressroom.com. Matthias Lufkins, Senior Media Manager for the World Economic Forum, goes on the record online. We issued new guidelines, you know, to, to make sure that these, these guidelines that we have always, um, you know, shared with the media, that we basically now have to share them with all the participants. Because with, you know, blogging, everybody becomes, you know, uh, kind of a journalist. So we basically, every participant knows our um, on and off the record rules. So uh, this is really to to keep the discussion as private as possible, but also to you know to to tell the participants, saying on, you have to abide by the same rules as the media. So um, so this is kind of the uh, what we decided to do. And it, you know for the past two years, uh, I think it went uh, went uh, rather well. And thank you for downloading this episode of On the Record Online, uh, the podcast that brings you the story behind the story. If this is your first time downloading the show, we do in-depth one-on-one interviews uh, with journalists from the mainstream media, uh, with bloggers, with podcasters, and with newsmakers. And we talk to them about how technology is changing and threatening to disrupt the mainstream media business as we know it. Uh, My name is Eric Schwartzman, and I am your host. I am also founder and chairman of iPressroom Corporation. Uh, We have an integrated tool that allows you to add, uh, well, all the latest Web um, 2.0 channels, blogging, podcasting, RSS, search engine optimization, email marketing, video on demand, audio on demand, uh, measurement uh, in one powerful online dashboard. So you log in and you can uh, manage uh, pretty much any aspect of a site and you don't have to be a webmaster. You just point and click your way through it. I am also personally and professionally fascinated at how technology is changing the way organizations communicate and the way people consume media and information. Today we have a one-on-one interview with Matthias Lufkins. He is Senior Media Manager at the World Economic Forum. And uh, I wanted to talk to him on the eve of the release of their Global Information Technology Report. And we talk a bit about the summary findings, uh, the rankings, uh, where different countries sit and why. Um, Why uh, we're seeing uh, two Nordic countries take the lead and uh, also why uh, we saw the U.S. drop from first to seventh this year. Uh, So I hope you enjoy it. Um, If you have questions, comments, or uh, suggestions for future episodes, uh, please send them to me at eric at ontherecordpodcast.com. Also, we have a new podcast website. It is up. It is running. And uh, uh, I, I will say it has all the features that we should have had years ago, but Well, we got them now. Uh, That is the plight of the cobbler's children. Uh, We're so busy building sites for everyone else that we, well, we never get around to doing it for ourselves. But we finally did get around to it. And I want to give a big thank you to Chris Bechtel and Verdim Durkach and everyone over in Russia uh, for getting the site up and running. Uh, It looks great. And uh, um, here's a shout out to folks over there in Kaluga. 
Uh, you did a great job, guys. This is uh, a new podcast website running on the new version of iPressroom, uh, which is yet to be released officially. Uh, it's called the Visible Media Platform and has a bunch of bells and whistles uh, that were uh, something that, that had been hard-coded into, into earlier sites. And if you get a chance to go to www.ontherecordpodcast.com, you'll see we've got a Frapper map up. Uh, please sign the map. Uh, and also, we've enabled commenting for all old shows. So we've got all the old shows up. If you've got a favorite show and you, you wanted to comment but you didn't, you have a chance to do that now. Also, we've integrated social bookmarking. So social bookmarkings there, permalinks are there. And, uh, well, the features that we should have had a long time ago are finally up. Apologize for not getting them up sooner, but they are up now. So I hope you'll take a look at them. And let us know what you think. If, if, you, um, if you think we did a good job, let us know. If you think we did a uh, not-so-good job, let us know. We'd love to hear your feedback. I'd love to hear your feedback. Um, we just want to make the site better and, and have it work for everyone. Um, and so now uh, we, I am going to play for you the uh, interview with Matthias Lufkins. It lasts um, around 25 minutes and comes to you unedited. After this, don't be left behind. Get the latest online PR tools and services from my press room. Powerful, easy to use, available on demand. Extend your sphere of influence online with iPressroom, tools for online media centers, virtual private press rooms, RSS news feeds, podcasts, and more at www.ipressroom.com. iPressroom, always on, even when you're off. Matthias Lufkins, Senior Media Manager at the World Economic Forum. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, good morning. Now, I wanted to talk to you about the uh, Global Information Technology Report that was released by the World Economic Forum um, just yesterday on March 29th, 2007. Uh, tell us, what is the Global Information Technology Report? The Global Information Technology Report is in its sixth edition. It's a annual report in which we analyze the uh, economies in the world according to their uh, information technology readiness. So there is the um, the uh, informa- the networked readiness index, which this year uh, classifies a record of 122 around the globe and uh, this year for the very very first time Denmark came uh, out on top uh, and uh, basically uh, Denmark uh, followed by Sweden Singapore and Finland um, uh, were the, the the four countries that came out on top and this year uh, knocking the US out of first plateau um, I mean we're talking here about the top ten. You know, it's it's not a big drop, but uh, ben, Denmark basically is uh, moved up by two positions from last, uh, and it's uh, an upward trend for Denmark that has uh, started back in 2003. Um, you have to know Denmark has really benefited from a clear government uh, ICT vision and very early focus on uh, ICT penetration and ditch. Um, this has resulted in impressive levels of internet and uh, PC usage in Denmark. So uh, that is the reason why uh, Denmark is on top, you know, followed by the other Nordic countries. Tell us, why is the study important? The study is important because it shows that, you know, how, how important uh, 
information technology is uh, in the competitiveness of nations. So uh, it is. Uh, we we have several uh, competitiveness studies. You know, in fall we issue the global competitiveness index, but we we try in this study to focus specifically on information technology, uh, which is the driver uh, for growth in countries and and looking at how can countries improve their uh, information technology sector. So it's uh, it's not just a ranking to see who's who's the the most beautiful, but it's really to to help governments make key decisions uh, in the IT sector. I mean, to give you an example of a, a country which has made massive strides, a tiger leap, it's, it is Estonia. Estonia, which is now uh, in the, the the top 20 this year, this uh, country that is just uh, 20 years ago, 15 years ago, it was still part of the the Soviet empire. So this country has, has really made a political decision, a clear focus on uh, uh, the IT sector and has uh, has made massive uh, development strides. Do you want to talk about the US? I mean, it loses its top position and drops six places. Now, this doesn't mean very much. And so far, as you know, the, the US is still in the top 10. Um, and it's this year's drop was mainly due to a relative deterioration of political and uh, the regulatory environment. However, we believe, you know, that the U.S. is maintains its primacy in innovation uh, because it has the, one of the world's best uh, education systems. Uh, um, it's, there is a high degree of cooperation in the U.S. with industry and uh, very ex- efficient market uh, market environment. Uh, for example, um, for the uh, IT sector, you know, you have the ability of venture capital, um, the sophistication of the financial market. Those are just a, a couple of factors for you know which are very important. So, so to say, you know, Denmark has knocked the U.S. from you know first position, and the U.S. is down, drops by six places. Not really doesn't really mean very much. And so far as we're really talking here, the top ten countries in the world, and the U.S. is still in there. Tell us, how is the study done? How is it performed? The study is, is based on hard facts and soft data. Uh, we are looking at a number of uh, uh, hard facts that we get from international uh, institutions like the International Telecoms Union. Uh, we're always using data from international uh, uh, bodies because then we're sure that we can compare them across the board. And we're relying also on uh, survey data from our um, executive opinion survey. That's a survey that we conduct among uh, the top CEOs from leading international and national companies. Uh, so it's 11,000 people are answering this uh, survey every year. Uh, about you know a whole series of questions, so we we actually do have this this soft data, this this survey data really helps us to to define you know the competitiveness between between. So it's not just who has the most you know uh, telephones or mobile telephones or the the best uh, uh, broadband connectivity, but it's it's also the the the. Some of the uh, factors are more difficult to measure. That's why we rely on the um, on the survey data that we conduct among among the CEO. Mathias, was there anything about this year's report that surprised you? Good question. Uh, <laughs> I 
let me say I was a bit surprised that the U.S. would drop so sharply. Um, but uh, then again, it's other countries moving up, so it's you know it's it's not really the U.S. you know dropping, but it's other countries moving up. So that is an explanation. Um, but that I personally found that quite astonishing. Now, Matthias, we all read about the uh, Davos uh, World Economic Forum in the newspapers, and uh, it's it's the subject of much mainstream media news attention. And uh, this year we saw it become the subject of much new media attention as well. Uh, before we get into the specifics of how you uh, work to extend the reach of the forum via the Internet, tell us what is the World Economic Forum? The World Economic Forum is a multi-stakeholder platform. Um, we are a, a foundation funded by its members, and our members are uh, the 1,000 biggest companies in the world, and they meet every year for their annual meeting in Davos, Switzerland. It's a small um, mountain resort, ski resort in the in the Swiss Alps, um, where they meet for a four-day uh, meeting of discussions. There are 220 uh, official sessions, uh, discussions, roundtables, panel discussions, and uh, as many private meetings. Uh, so it's a, it's a very intense kind of mountain retreat, if you want, for any CEO attending. And we do have uh, 2,400 participants in coming to Davos every year. So it's a very intense um kind of mountain retreat that's that's more or less what, what, how how I would uh, describe it now a couple years back Eason Jordan was speaking on a panel Eason Jordan the former news director over at CNN was speaking on a panel which was apparently off the record and some of the statements that he made about um uh well uh, about the US potentially targeting the CNN bureau in Baghdad um, was blogged by a conservative blogger and then amounted to a, a, a blog storm that ultimately wound up in Eastern Jordan's re- resignation. Tell us, are, what, what is an off-the-record session? What does that mean? Well, it's basically, you know, if you, if you look at the, in the official program, we have 220 sessions. Uh, 50 of them are public uh, panel discussions which are broadcast on traditional television uh, networks, but also webcast and uh, vodcast, I mean, and podcasts, you can download them on iTunes. Um, these are what we call public sessions. Then you have 170 private sessions, uh, off-the-record sessions, in the old sense that is uh, and in the um, what, what we apply are Chatham House rules. So basically, you can, you know, the media is present, media reporters are present, but they are not allowed to, they can report about the discussion itself, but they are not allowed to attribute any quote to a, a specific person. So in this instance... Um, we had a a blogger in in the in the audience, a participant who uh, who uh, basically reacted immediately to uh, to the statement, and then 
blogged it uh, in his blog. He wasn't a traditional, well, he wasn't a journalist, so he blogged it, uh, thus, in fact, breaching this, you know, um, code of conduct of Chatham House rules that, you know, before you quote somebody, you have to ask him if it's if you're allowed to quote him, etc. after these private sessions. I mean, this is, the, why do we have this, you know, this off the record is really to 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 preserve the the openness, the frankness of the the discussions. That's what we call here the spirit of Davos. You know, the spirit of Davos is basically frank, open discussions. So you're not, you know, you're you're not afraid that you, everything you say will be reported immediately in the press or, well, nowadays on blogs, uh, uh, etc., on websites. So this is a new, a very new phenomenon, um, a new challenge for uh, the annual meeting in Davos. How do we how do we keep these discussions, you know, still as private and open as possible in a world which is interconnected, where everything you say will be immediately reported today in blogs, uh, uh, online, or in, you know, uh, by by journalists. So th- this is a is is one of our key key questions: how to deal with that. So now this year, you actually invited a number of bloggers, yes. Absolutely. I mean, we we do uh, we did invite not only this year but also in the past years we we have started to invite bloggers. Uh, in fact, as we invite also uh, media uh, out of the two hundred two thousand four hundred participants, you have two hundred and fifty um, editors in chief of you know. Uh, big international national newspapers. So uh, the media has always been participating in the um, annual meeting in Davos, and so have uh, bloggers. Uh, we started, we, we have set up our own forum blog um, uh, three years ago. So, you know, to start and, and are encouraging participants to blog. Um, so this is, this is something that we have actually embraced, you know, to, to, to open up the annual meeting in Davos, um, which was seen as very seclusive, and to basically open it up to, um, uh, to the, the Internet community through blogs. But are some of the sessions still off the record? They are, yes, absolutely. As I said, out of the 220 sessions, 50 are absolutely public, 170 are Chatham House rules. So theoretically, we wouldn't want to... I just want to stop for a second. Explain Chatham House rules. Uh, Maybe spell it for us. Tell us what that means. Chatham House is from a London institution where basically you have discussions... Uh, about different topics, and you're not allowed to to quote the person, or you're not allowed to 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 write about who said what, but you can actually report about what has been said, the general tone of the discussion, um, but without attributing specific quotes to specific persons. This is really just to to keep the discussions as open as possible. Once you establish these rules, you know that your participants will talk freely. They are not under pressure of talking to, you know, uh, they, they're not, they, there's no fear of being filmed, of being recorded, etc. So they can talk freely. That is the whole idea of Chatham House rules. How do you spell Chatham House? C-H-A-T-H-A-M, House, H-O-U-S-E. Rules. And, and just a, a final question on the um, blogger who had blogged this uh, statement by Eason Jordan at the off-the-record session. Were there, was there any consequence? I mean, did what happened no, to the blogger? Not. 
Did the blogger uh, – is that person still attend? Um, I don't think he attended the year following. I'm not too sure. But there was absolutely no consequences. I mean, you know, we're not, uh, we're not policing this here, you know. Um, and, I mean, we're, we, we will, you know, if somebody persistently, you know, um, reports from a session, we will, you know, uh, take action. But uh, in this specific case, we did not. How did you make sure that this incident didn't damage the spirit of openness at off-the-record panels after that? Well, we basically, well, we issued new guidelines, you know, to to make sure that these, these guidelines that we have always, um, you know, shared with the media, that we basically now had to share them with all the participants because with, you know, blogging, everybody becomes, you know, uh, kind of a journalist. So we basically, every participant knows our um, on and off the record rules. So uh, this is really to to keep the discussion as private as possible, but also to you know to to tell the participants, hang on, you have to abide by the same rules as the media. So um, so this is kind of the uh, what we decided to do, and it, you know for the past two years, uh, I think it went uh, went uh, rather well. Now the name of the or, uh, of the uh, conference is the World Economic Summit. How do you um, make sure that the perspectives of those countries that may be perhaps failing economically are represented in that discussion as well? Uh, excuse me, the countries that are? Perhaps uh, countries that may be seen as failing economically? Uh, as uh, you mean, uh, you mean uh, well, we, you know, I think, you know, every year we're trying to um, to address all the issues um, and to base to have a cross uh, from from all regions in the world. So this year there was a very strong focus on Asia, not only China and India, but also the the, the upcoming uh, Asian stars like Vietnam, um, Malaysia, uh, Indonesia. So we 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 every year we try you know we try to be as broad as possible. I mean Africa for the World Economic Forum is uh, also very important. Uh, I'd like to remind you that apart from our annual meeting of the World Economic Forum, we also have a series of regional meetings uh, um, every year. And every year we're, we're having a, an Africa, World Economic Forum on Africa in uh, South Africa. Um, we're also in, uh, in Latin America. Uh, in a couple of weeks, we will be having a regional summit in Chile. So we're addressing... Uh, regional problems, and we're not excluding any any country that is lagging behind. Uh, so, you know, it is really, we're trying to be all-inclusive. Now, Matthias, you took some very big steps this year, extending the reach of Davos, um, of the conference, via the Internet. Uh, tell us about how that worked. First of all, how what were your objectives? Well, basically, I mean, with the with Web 2.0, uh, in last September, we basically realized if we want to get our message out, uh, we basically have to 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 be in all spaces. So basically, if you know, um, uh, we can't hope that people will come to our website to watch a couple of videos or to download them, but we have to basically bring them out. So we started to upload. Um, short videos with our economists, short interviews to Google Video, um, and uh, with tremendous success. 
which we then embedded on our website. We embed them in our press release. Uh, in Davos, uh, as I said, there's there are 50 public sessions. These 50 public sessions are filmed by our host broadcaster, Swiss Television, and we've basically put them online on Google Video, uh, but also the highlights are on YouTube. Uh, we've set up a site on um, on MySpace, uh, on Yahoo Video. I mean, we're basically exploring every uh, uh, way to to basically spread our message and with a tremendous success. I mean, all our videos have now been watched by over 240,000 240, times, which, you know, alone with our website, we would, or with our um, webcasting in a traditional way, we wouldn't have reached such an audience. Tell us about, uh, um, you know, there are certain blogs that were integrated into the site, correct? Yes, we, we have created a, a new, there was a, something new that we've added this year. It is the Davos Conversation page, which is uh, um, at davosconversation.org, a specific page, let's, let's call it a bloggerator. Tr- we were basically looking at the different feeds that are out there. There are, as I just said, videos, uh, the video feeds from the sessions, uh, there are photo feeds. Uh, we put up the, the best photos on Flickr. There are um, the blog, the the the, the blog feeds. Uh, so we, we there are news feeds. So basically, we try to aggregate, to combine, to mash this up into one page. So in in order to for everyone to to see what is being said about Davos in the blogosphere, in the news, etc. And this is what we call the Davos conversation page. And we had a couple of. Uh, of bloggers who worked with us on this this project, namely uh, the BBC, uh, Jeff Jarvis from uh, the Buzz Machine, Ariana Huffington from the Huffington Post, uh, and the Guardian Unlimited. And it was actually it was it was a, a way to to open up uh, this conversation that we're holding in the the Swiss Alps to the the the, the world. And um, we basically also. Uh, encourage people to send in their questions. Uh, each blogger basically um, encouraged the, the the readers to send in their questions, even their video questions. And we were trying to get answers from the participants in Davos. This is, I mean, it, it had a tremendous success uh, just to open up this conversation, and we will definitely continue it uh, at our next uh, regional summit. Now, Matthias. Uh, you you make an excellent ar- argument for the importance of using all these disparate uh, channels to distribute your word and get your message out. Tell us, if you could, the value of aggregating all that information onto one page. Well, it's it's. I mean, the value of aggregating is, is just you know if if you. You have to look at it. It's basically you have it all in one page. It, the whole, everything that is being said um, uh, online about you at a given time, you basically you can follow it on this aggregator. You can see it. I mean, you can also you could use um, you know just uh, a couple of websites for this. You could go to Technorati and see what is being said about yourself, and then to Google News to find what's what's in the news. But this here, it was really to try to to mash it all up, to combine it and have it in one place uh, during the the annual meeting in Davos, and that is that really worked well. 
And I would imagine that uh, the fact that that page is integrated with the West, the rest of the website is valuable too. I'd be interested to know, you know, do you see more traffic coming from Davos Conversation through to the World Economic Forum site or vice versa? I mean, we did see this year, um, to be very frank, the the hits to our website slightly declined, maybe because there was the competition of the Davos Conversation page. Uh, I mean, we, we, we increased the overall hits, but basically the Davos Conversation is a kind of separate um, entity, um, you know, so uh, it is really a, 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 blog, a separate blogger Um So we did not, you know, fully integrate it into our World Economic Forum site because, I mean, it is done by uh, six partners. So um, it's not just the, the, the World Economic Forum. So it's, it's really a separate blogger And... Um, uh, and it is received. I mean, for for a website which just started, it received massive amounts of hits. Did you see uh, significant referrals uh, from Davos Conversations over to uh, the the uh, the forum's website? I mean, a, a little bit. And so far, as you know, if you, if you want to go into the program, if you want to. Um, you know, if you want to read more about the sessions, then you would have to go to, you know, to the forum website. So in a way, it is, it, it was a very good promotional tool for, for our own website, but basically also for our, for our annual meeting. So, um, uh, in, in that way, yes, we did, we did see, uh, um, traffic from Davos Conversation to our own website. Now, in terms of online video, uh, would you say that uh, you were much more aggressive with online video this year over last year? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, last year we, uh, we have, you know, we, we did start webcasting um, five years ago. Um, so um, basically, uh, with, with um, uh, honorable results, you know, we, we, we started podcasting uh, two years ago um, and uh, broadcasting last year, but, but it was still in the old sense that you had to download the file either in Windows Media Player or Real Player, and there was no streaming. So basically this year, we, we started through Google Video to stream, and uh, currently, we're look, I mean, we've now uploaded something like 160 videos to, to Google Video, not only the videos from Davos, uh, as I mentioned, the, the, the 50 videos from Davos, but also other videos from, with, you know, our economists. I mean, for the moment, we don't send out a press release without an embedded short uh, vodcast, you know, just um, three questions, three answers to the, the economist, and that works very, very well. I mean, we did that, for example, for the um, launch of the Global Information Technology Report uh, Yesterday, um, we embedded two two interviews, one with our senior economist and the other one with uh, uh, Professor Sumitra Dutta from uh, INSEAD in Paris. And both videos have, uh, in just one day, 24 hours, totaled you know, over 1,000 uh, 1, clicks, which is like, I, I mean, it is amazing to see uh, what, you know, videos, what broadcasts can do for your company. Uh, uh, if they're used well, and we're now, you know, because we we have such a massive uh, amount of of videos in Davos, we're looking at establishing our own kind of uh, TV. You know, we're we're looking for the moment to see with which platform shall we go. Um, shall we? Do, I mean, we will continue to have our videos on on Google, um, but the idea is to have our own kind of World Economic Forum channel. So. Uh, 
that's what's, uh, what, what, what's in the making right now. And when you uh, um, consider the options that are available to you and you weigh the options, uh, you know, by what criteria will you make your decision on what, what type of technology platform is appropriate? I mean, I, I don't know if I should plug them, but basically uh, I was very impressed by vpod.tv, uh, um, vpod.tv, which uh, basically you can actually have full-screen videos um, in uh, uh, high, high resolution. Um, we just did a, uh, a trial, you know, send them a couple of our uh, stream files, uh, which were uh, um, encoded at 300K per second, and they said, listen, um, you know, it doesn't really look good on a big screen. Uh, please send us, you know, a higher resolution uh, encoding of 800K uh, per second. So this is where it goes. It will be, you know, um, I think it will go very soon. You know, the interface, it will um, will go high resolution very quickly uh, with the, you know, Internet uh, connection speed being very high for, you know, most users. But we will still continue to have, you know, um, uh, also videos for people who don't have the fast connections. So, um, and I think, you know, Vport TV offers us, you know, the full gamut of, uh, of, uh, encoding from, you know, the, the full screen high resolution to the, um, small one for people who, are, who still have the 56K, uh, modem. As a senior media manager, uh, did you think that you'd one day be buying technology? That we would be buying te- te- technology. That, that that you, as a senior media manager, someone uh, on the on the on the external communications side, would be would be challenged with making a technology purchasing decision. Something typically made by a, a chief information officer or an information technology professional. Well, I mean, we do we do very cl- uh, work very closely here with our IT specialists. So. Um, before making a purchase, I will have to, you know, I do have to go through the IT department, uh, and we will we will weigh the the pros and the cons. So it's not uh, it's not I'm not making this decision by myself. I mean, for me personally, it is it is quite interesting um, to see how how the internet has uh, and, and all the new technology, the Web 2.0 technology has transformed our work as, you know, the, the, the work of uh, um, public relations officers uh, and PR managers, media managers. So in that way, it is quite, quite surprising. Matthias Lufkens, Senior Media Manager for the World Economic Forum. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much. You've been listening to On the Record Online with Eric Schwartzman, where reporters and journalists go on the record about how they use the web to cover the news. For the latest trends, tips, and tactics on how the web impacts corporate reputations, subscribe to our RSS news feed or visit us online at www.ipressroom.com.